Thank you for checking out this talk from the Fierce Families Conference that took place back in October of 2023. Our mission for this conference was to put God's design for marriage and family on full display, and then to equip marriages and families to live out God's beautiful design in the context in which he's placed them. So if you'd like to learn more about the Fierce Families Conference, perhaps to attend a conference in the future, or to bring the Fierce Families Conference to your own area, just go to fiercefamilies.com. All right. Good morning. Um, thank you. I, I'm just so blessed by each woman that was able to say, that said yes. Kristen, this morning, man, just fire out of the gate. <laughs> Becca sharing, reminding us to protect the hearts and souls of our kids by giving of our time. I, I just, it seems so obvious, but then when you don't, when you hear somebody actually say it, it brings a lot of picture and texture to uh, everything. And Mary, oh man, she's always, she is my friend that is just like, whatever you got, beans and rice, like have people over. I, I, I've grown just watching her and been in her home and been around friends and man, I am so challenged. I hope you all have been encouraged and challenged as well uh, in this time. And I am going to pray and then yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about submission, so buckle up. <laughs> uh, all right, holy God and loving Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for your beautiful design and purposes for us as women, as mothers, as homemakers, and as wives. Thank you that we can come together to be taught and encouraged by your word in what it means to be a faithful and submissive wife. Help us be wives who honor you in how we love and serve our husbands. Thank you for your word that provides clarity and instruction to our hearts that are prone to wander. Anchor us in you, Lord. In Jesus' holy and mighty name, amen. Uh, so Kristen and I did not coordinate this whole horse theme, but I'm going to open with a story about horses. We're just going to keep it rolling here. Um, I heard a pastor giving his testimony, and he was, you know, living the rebellious life, a party partier, um, and he had a Christian friend, and the friend was always like, you know, if you get in a bind, you can come stay in my house, but if you stay on Saturday night, you got to go to church on Sunday morning. Well, he stayed on Saturday night, and he went to church on Sunday morning, and the pastor was speaking there, and he was telling the story about a stallion, right, this wild horse that was out on the plains, and no one could catch it. It was just kicking up dust, stirring up trouble, you know, trying to find food, trying to find water. Uh, fun fact about me, I, I like horses. I love horses. Used to ride them. So this story had me hooked from the beginning, right? Uh, anyways, one day there was this cowboy who managed to catch that, that stallion, right? You know, all the horse people are like, oh, he's not wild anymore. So sad, you know, poor stallion. But the cowboy, you know, he roped him in. He got, got him to his barn. Uh, he brushed him, he took care of him, he fed him. Uh, he was really kind to him, and over time they learned uh, to trust one another, and they built this bond. But the pastor went on to explain that before the stallion was caught by the cowboy, he was enslaved always to finding food, finding water, safety. He's basically just enslaved to survival. There's one, there's one, uh, there was no one to care for him, excuse me, no one to feed him or clean him, keep him safe. But the pastor ended... Uh, the story with the statement that I, I think sums up submission for every Christian. Uh, you don't know true freedom until you are 100% submitted to God. Now, I'm not comparing us wives to a stallion, <laughs> 
The point is that submission first to God and then to our husbands is not a limit to your freedom. It is in fact the pathway to true freedom, to true blessing, and to experiencing the goodness of God. The life of a Christian is one of total submission to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. No longer are we slaves to sin, but we've been saved by grace, redeemed by the blood of Christ, and we've been made a new creation, as Paul talks to the Corinthians. In our newness as a Christian wife, we are now commanded to submit to our husbands as the heads and shepherds of our homes. Submission is required within the marriage covenant. Both husband and wife submit first and foremost to God, and the wife submits to her husband as the head. Again, all the Christian life is submission. Not my will, but yours be done, Lord. Submission is good and beautiful in that it is a part of God's order in design. His design for fruitfulness, his design for blessing, his design for flourishing. Submission is a call to order. Wives are not less in their value, importance, or worth to God. We see this in Genesis 1 in the Imago Dei. So this is not a question of who's better. This is not a competition. It is a commandment. Again, submission is a command to fulfill God's perfect and beautiful design for the marriage covenant in order to bring fruitfulness and blessing. The call to us wives is to be faithful, faithful in our obedience to God's commands. Submission is good because God says it's good. Therefore, we obey, we submit, and thus fulfill his purpose and give him glory. Now, sin might cause us to suffer, but submission is not the suffering. Submission is not the suffering. The part of us that will suffer is the part that is waging war against the spirit constantly, our sinful flesh. Our pride, our self-righteousness, our complaining and grumbling. Daily, moment to moment, we must put our flesh to death so that we might be made alive in the spirit. But flesh does not die easily. Submission aids in the death of our sinful flesh. Sometimes death is painful and sin feels easier. It feels easier to ride those emotional horses and let them gallop off where we, they would like to go. Maybe you don't have the strength to submit because your husband is fill in the blank. I'm here to encourage you today, fierce wife. We have the strength to battle our flesh and to submit because Christ is our strength in submission. He is our model. More on this later. But this is why submission is a beautiful blessing because it forces our flesh to, to be face to face with God's commands. At this point, we may feel hardship or ref the refining fire of sanctification, the impurities of our sin being melted away. But God is faithful to make us more like him. All right, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Peter 3. We are going to read a little bit of scripture here. More scripture. We've had a lot of good scripture. I like scripture. We're all on track. While you're turning there, I just want to share a little bit of context and progression of 1 Peter. Uh, because he is talking to Christians who are being persecuted for their faith in Christ. Uh, and in the middle of 1 Peter, he addresses wives in submission. So I think it's interesting, uh, the context and order. Why? Why would he all of a sudden address wives and husbands? Uh, Christians had been scattered throughout the ancient world. They were under intense persecution. Peter wrote to them for more than three reasons, but I have three reasons listed here. Uh, to kind of arouse those believers who were sleeping or unaware of the fight going on around, around them, Peter is saying to them, open your eyes, look around, be on your guard, know what is happening around you. Uh, the second reason, to help and encourage those who are already fighting for the gospel, emboldening them to keep fighting. And the third, to look to Jesus' exa example, excuse me, through suffering and persecution, 
Look to Christ as the example to follow on how to submit and suffer well. We suffer to be sanctified. Christ did not suffer for sanctification. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Christ was without sin, and so he did not suffer to be sanctified. He was already sinless, perfect, and fully God. He suffered unjustly for us so that we might be redeemed and reconciled to our Heavenly Father. We participate in suffering because of our sin nature. But God is so faithful and good in that he works all things, including our sin and suffering that comes along with it, for our good and for his glory. For clarity, one more time, submission is not the suffering. Suffering comes from our sin and lack of submission. Back to 1 Peter. There's five chapters. Right in the middle of it, he addresses wives and submission. I'd like to read the end of chapter 2, verses 21 through 25. And I am going to read out of the Legacy Standard uh, Bible because that's the one my husband and I are reading this year. And it does put it really beautifully. Uh, so, chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 25, and then we'll go into chapter 3. For to this you have been called, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps, who did no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth, who being reviled was not reviling in return. While suffering, he was uttering no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sin, we might live to righteousness. By his wounds you were healed, for you are continually strained like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Peter then begins chapter 3, talking about wives being submitted to their husbands, just as Christ is submitted to the Father. Wives and husbands, in the same way, you wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, as they observe your pure conduct with fear. Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on garments, but let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible quality of a lowly and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, the former times... In former times, the holy women also, who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves, being subject to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You have become her children if you do good, not fearing any intimidation. So again, it's interesting that he inserts this topic of wifely submission in the middle of talking about suffering as Christ. Christ suffered for our redemption. We suffer under the weight of our sin. But in Christ, we're made free. Through submission to God and to our husband, we find true freedom no longer are we enslaved to sin. So clearly, again, not to belabor the point, but there is a relationship between submission and suffering. So suffering under the weight of our sin brings us to our knees. It brings us to our Savior, and that is the point of suffering, to bring us to the end of ourselves, to fall at the feet of our Savior. And in this, we echo the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 11. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, my for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distress, with persecutions and hardships for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. A few thoughts about this point in this passage, First Peter. Wives are to be subje subject to your own husband as Christ is to the Father. Why? Two reasons. Because submission is a part of God's design for marriage, as we've discussed. 
He, said is, he says it's good, therefore we obey. We see the command for submission also in Ephesians 5. Uh, the second reason Peter writes it, so that if any of them, any of the husbands, are disobedient to the word, I've also read other translations that they do not believe the word or they're unbelievers, uh, they might be won over by the conduct of their wife uh, that Kristen talked about and set, put so beautifully, the, 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 quiet, the, the quiet and lowly hus- uh, wife who is content in the things in where God has placed her, finds contentment in that. Here we see submission to the unbelieving husband through the quiet and lowly woman that is precious in God's sight. Sarah and Abraham are given, to, given an ex, as an example to us. We know neither of them were perfect, but Scripture does tell us that Abraham loved Sarah, and Sarah loved Abraham, submitted to him to the point of calling him Lord with a lowercase l. Again, this is a call to order, a call to order for God's design, for his flourishing, for, his, for, for our flourishing and for blessing for us and for his glory. We see the blessing and beauty in her submission to her husband. Abraham's love for Sarah, no doubt, emboldened her submission to him. In the moments where your husband may not be loving you well as Christ loves you, nonetheless, submission is required of a wife for the reasons that we've discussed. To the wife who's being abused, submitting to your abuser is not submission, but enablement to sin. Get out, get safe, begin the work of reconciliation. To the single woman who is considering marriage or who will one day be married, I implore you to choose a man wisely. We tell our girls to choose a man who loves the Lord more than he loves you, because a man who loves God will want to obey him faithfully, which means that he will love you and give himself up for you, living and loving as Christ. Maybe not perfectly, but he'll strive for that. He will also challenge you in the best way to spur you on to live as Christ. So again, I implore you, single women, choose wisely. In the marital covenant, God has given husbands and wives different roles as head and helper. Each role requires submission and obedience to God. The husband is the head of the household, the shepherd, the spiritual leader. Therefore, he lives and loves his family in a way that reflects his submission and obedience to God. With this authority comes great responsibility. Ephesians 5 tells us that husbands will be held accountable to God for how they present their bride, for how they loved and treated their wife. The wife, the helper, is submitted to God and her husband. You cannot be fully submitted to God without being submitted to your husband. Both the husband and wife are instructed to love one another. The husband is instructed to love his wife, uh, his bride, giving himself up for her, as Christ has given himself up for the church. The wife is instructed to respect and submit to her husband, giving giving up her selfishness, her desire to lead, to take over. Both head and helper, husband, wife, they're instructed to love as Christ has loved, selflessly and in service to one another. As Peter instructed believers of the day to look to Christ, let us do the same and find encouragement in our Savior. Uh, If you can, take a moment to turn to Philippians 2, uh, 1 through 11. Ryan always, he's like, you have too much scripture in your talks. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> you can't have too much scripture when you're talking to ladies. Come on, or anybody. It's all right. All right, Philippians 2. I'm going to start in verse 1 and go through 11. 
So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others better, more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Christ, Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Based on these four verses, <clears throat> I have four quick questions to help us think more clearly about submission. Question one, who do you look to as a model for submission? And I know we've talked about Christ as our model, but before I said that, or who's kind of your default what kind of picture, what kind of woman do you, do you think of when you think of a woman who has submitted to her husband? Do you envision a lowly doormat? Or do you envision our savior, our king, who did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself? He emptied himself for us. How can we not empty ourselves for our families, for our husband? Christ is our ultimate model for submission. We cannot rightly understand submission until we know our savior. Question number two, how does a wife submit to her husband? Again, we look to Christ in this. We see in these verses that Christ displayed total submission to the Father through humility and obedience. Humility and obedience. Humility is not weakness, nor is obedience a form of enablement. And what I mean is that when we are humble towards our husband, then we are being obedient to our Lord, capital L, Lord. Also in our humility, we're modeling and displaying Christ to our husband. Obedience means to comply with the demand or question of a person. It's the Webster's Dictionary. Uh, I'll use my own marriage as an example of humility. When Ryan and I get into a tiff or a scuff up, disagreement. Surprise, surprise, I tend to flare up at any inkling of him trying to assert authority over me. <laughs> especially when it comes to parenting and discipling or disciplining, excuse me, disciplining our, our kids. I know my child. I've spent many hours with her. I know that her blood sugar is low. I know when she's tired and why she's tired. I know why she's being disobedient. Can I explain all these reasons to you, husband, so that you can discipline rightly? My loving husband and head will often say, I understand and I hear you, but I don't care what the reasons are. <laughs> she, the child, needs to obey her father and her mother. Now, young, new mother Selena uh, flared up quite a bit. It occasionally happens, but by God's grace, it's been less and less. But as the Lord has grown me, I've learned to trust Ryan in this. He reminds me that he too does love our children. He has their best in mind. <laughs> He's not afraid of conflict. He, especially if he knows that it will cause the children to grow. So I've learned to trust him and submit to him. Christ is my strength when my flesh is weak. I don't have to flare up. I don't have to get defensive. I don't have to let my horses run wild. 
He, God is my strength. He is the one that enables and empowers me to submit and to live in a self-controlled way. Maybe your flare-ups are not around parenting. So I'd ask you, what are the areas in your marriage that cause you to flare up with your husband? Is it when he asks you to put a hold on spending in order to stay within your means financially? Or is it when he asks you to be intimate and you don't feel like it? What if he questions how you spend your time? Again, if you're feeling any sort of flare-up or getting a little defensive, ask yourself why. Is this, a, is this a submission issue? Maybe. Bring it to the Lord, fierce wives. Talk to your husband. My third question here is, do you humbly submit to your husband even when he is undeserving of it? The short answer is yes. We briefly touched on this earlier, and this is not meant for the wife who is being abused. That's a different conversation. I'm talking about humility and submission when your husband's attitude is undeserving of it. Uh, he's acting in a way that is undeserving of your, your respect. Do you still give it to him? Did Sarah still submit to Abraham, even when he lied about her being his sister to save his own tail? The answer is yes. The flip side of this conversation would be... <laughs> Well, what if your, home, your husband only loved you when you were worthy of it? You know, you're having a really good day. You only just had a little bit of sin. And you're definitely, by your gauges, worth being loved on that day. What kind of marriage would that be? Right? What kind of marriage would that be? So, husbands are called to love us on our best and worst. We are called to submit on their best and worst. Final question here for you. How do you count your husband? We read about this in, uh, in Philippians here. How do you count him? Overall, do you, how do you treat him? Do you treat him more significant than yourself? Because I know Paul wasn't necessarily talking about marriage in this passage, but I'm pretty sure husbands fall under the other section. <laughs> As we read about, do you approach him humbly in the midst of hard conversations, or just, do you just avoid them altogether? Do you treat him as one who is more significant than yourself? Doing even what Mary said, thinking of your family, thinking of your husband when you're making meals. Do you count him more significant than yourself and others? Do you care for him? Do you see to his needs? Do you serve him happily, joyfully, fully? Not just a little bit here and yeah, I'm tired, I don't want to. Do we give of ourselves fully and completely? Again, apply this approach of humility and obedience to any area of marriage, whether it's intimacy, finances, priorities, communication, whatever the struggle, whatever the tension point, do you consider him before you consider yourself? Are you loving him selflessly? Are you giving yourself up for your husband? And maybe you still have some questions about what this might look like in your marriage. But fierce wife and believer, I would employ, implore you to use discernment. I would implore you to search the scriptures. Go to God. Look to Christ as your example. Find out what it means to be submissive in your day-to-day with your husband. Find those flare-up points. Find those points of tension. Ask the Lord, search me, as the psalmist writes, search me and know, my, know what is going on in my heart, Lord, and lead me back to you. If it's a submission issue, be humble. Be obedient. That's the fastest way to reconciliation. It's the fastest way to, to oneness with your husband. Uh, obedience to God always brings the blessings that he, he speaks of.
Submission is a command from the Lord, and it's not a competition. It's not a call for competition. So we obey the command. And however that works itself out again in your nitty, the nitty-ditty, nitty-gritty day-to-day life of your marriage requires knowledge and understanding of the scriptures, prayer, and discernment. God is faithful to give you wisdom in this area, ladies. I'm confident of it. Fierce wife, there is no neutrality. You will submit to someone. It will either be you and yourself or it will be God and your husband. The one offers freedom and blessing, unity and oneness. The other offers a heavy yoke of sin and slavery and potentially even the death of your marriage. A wife cannot submit and be the helper God has designed her to be if she does not first know love himself. A husband cannot lead and be the head without first knowing love himself. Both of you must know Christ himself first. For the wife, what is submission void of love? Subservience. And for the husband, what is leadership without love? Tyranny. Do you know love himself? Do you know Jesus? There is beauty and blessing in submission to your husband. When it feels impossible, remember that God is your strength in submission. Trust and submit. Do so joyfully, willingly, and fully. And in doing so, you will be the fruitful vine written about in Psalm 128. And you will be the Proverbs 31 woman, the wife whose husband is called blessed. Be fruitful, be fruitful, stay fierce. Uh, let's pray. God, thank you again for this moment in time that we can come together and understand what it means to be submissive, to take a moment to examine the blessing that it is to be obedient, to step into the way you have ordered things, God, so that we can be faithful, so that you can make us fruitful, God, that we can start in our home, start in our hearts, start in our closest relationship, our closest neighbor to love with our husband, Lord. Help us, help us, Lord, to be obedient, be our strength when we're weak, rein our horses in when we want to let them run free. Holy Spirit, Produce the fruit that is patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control when it comes to the relationship with our husband and submitting to him. Thank you for the ladies here. Thank you for this time together. Uh, It is such a blessing to study your scriptures, to talk about the things that you value, finding contentedness in you, opening our homes for you. Lord, being the woman of strength that you have called us to be because of you. In Jesus' name, amen.